This is the Preacher Curl Podcast, where we discuss the vastness of ministry and how we as pastors and leaders end up in the fetal position. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Krieger. I'm sitting here with my brother-in-arms, Mason Powell, and actually, I'm sitting here with two of my brothers-in-arms today. Mason, how about we start with introducing our guest? Of course, of course. So uh, most podcasts, you know, they, they do the general introduction or uh, they have that the guests introduce themselves, but... Um, you know what? I don't think I have enough information to, to really be able to, to introduce you. So we actually, we're starting something new here. We're, with our guests, we're actually going to reach out to their wives beforehand and ask their wives in their own words to introduce uh, our guests. So our, our guest here is uh, uh, Ben Higgins, and here's what his wife says when we asked her to introduce him. She said, introducing the man, the myth, the peanut butter legend. The man that God made specifically for me. This is uh, his wife's talking, by the way, not me. Uh, even if he does pass out from the slightest ounce of pain, he is a man after God's own heart. He is my partner in crime, Benji Higgins. <laughs> I got to say, Ben, I'm a little impressed with your wife when she says that you are the man, the myth, and the legend, you know? Yeah, she. I figured she'd say something like that. Um, <laughs> but I, in my defense, I do love peanut butter. It's almost... Uh, it's almost a, a vice. Like Pastor Cameron stayed with us when he first moved here to town, um, transitioning. And the first night, like we had been driving all day to get him, you know, his stuff moved here and we're sitting on the couch and he sees me bust out my like jar of peanut butter with a spoon. And I start eating it out of a spoon. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> he said, Literally my words. Literally said, my words. I, I'm, I'm eating peanut butter. And he goes, I can see that, but is there any for me? And I was like, hey, he's making a joke because I eat straight peanut butter from a spoon. I don't know if anybody listening today does that, but um, my wife judges me hard for that. <laughs> very, very harshly. And her talking about me passing out. So interesting story. And if you happen to be at, Planet Fitness and Poplar Bluff on this day, and you saw it happening. I am so sorry, um, but <laughs> it's like it's a Wednesday, two thirty in the afternoon. It may be a little bit later than that because uh, the boys are out of school. But my wife is supposed to go eat with some ladies at church, so she said, "If you're going to go work out, you're going to have to like hurry up and get back." So I go and I'm I'm lifting and in something else that was supposed to happen the next day. I was supposed to fly out uh, out of. Uh, Lambert Airport in St. Louis to Portland, Oregon, uh, meet my dad and my brother in the Northwest. We're going to go fishing and do some stuff. So I'm going to get a workout in. I'm, I'm there doing the bench. If you go to Planet Fitness, you know, right the area where it is. And somehow holding the two dumbbells, I pinched my two fingers together and it crushed my finger. <laughs> and when I looked at like swelled up, like double size immediately, it was like purple. And I don't do well with like seeing blood or injuries. So I'm getting lightheaded. I go to the front and ask the lady for ice and they're like, we don't do ice. So I'm walking outside headed to the truck and I can feel myself like passing out. Like I'm, I'm not going to make it. So I finally, I get to the truck, I get in the, the driver's seat and I'm calling my wife on speakerphone and I'm breathing heavy. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. You're like, you're, you're probably white as a ghost and I can, I like, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> So I'm calling her. She answers. I'm like, you need to come and help me. And she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in the parking lot at Plant Fitness. I'm in the car. And then I black out. I don't remember anything until she's waking me up and she's at the door of the truck and I can hear her tapping and I didn't realize I'd locked the door. So I unlock it and she is like, what's going on? And she looks and all I did was hold up my finger. I didn't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you know, oh, brother, you know, like really? And so... Um, she's like, I can't move him and I got to drive him. So she's like, there's only one way to do this in his truck. We got to walk around the truck. So she gets me out and she's like, now, if you're going to pass out, you got to tell me cause I can't hold you up. And I'm like, I'm not going to pass out. I, it's, it's beyond me now. I'm good. So we're walking around the truck and she says, right as I got around the back part of the truck to make the turn around, she said, I did like a, a pirouette and fell backwards <laughs> and like my head slammed against somebody's, um, uh, hubcap of their car and I'm like <laughs> and I'm laying with my head propped up and Clayton Mitchell one of the guys who's one of our uh Brantley James one of our buddies friends he comes running out and he's like helping her you know what's going on so they they get me up in the car and take me home and I went and got an x-ray that night and I had fractured my finger it was like a compression fracture and so my wife says I'm just a pansy she says every time I 
feel any pain, I pass out. But in defense, Samantha, my finger was broke. <laughs> I feel like this is probably a famous day now at Planet Fitness. Like they have probably like a plaque that says, "On this day, Ben Higgins passed out in the parking lot." <laughs> I was just hoping they wouldn't kick me out of the, you know, the the Plant Fitness Club. You know, where they're like, "You're too much of a liability. Right? <laughs> like, you can't come back." I'm a um, what do they call it? A lunk. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, a, no, you're like the opposite of a lunk. I'm a parking lot lunk. <laughs> okay, you're a okay. safety hazard. <laughs> safety hazard for sure. Well, Ben, we know you've uh, taken time out of your day to be on here with us, and we're so thankful for that. Um, obviously, I'm thankful to literally serve alongside you here at the church and First Church of God here in Poplar Bluff. Um, but we wanted to kind of just hear a little bit about yourself, about your family, about your ministry here, because uh, this you. You're not new here. <laughs> right, yeah. We've been in Poplar Bluff for going on, I guess, total 14 years. We were here um, eight years before, almost nine years, and then moved to Ohio um, to take a, a ministry assignment uh, position at a church in Middletown, Ohio. And after two years there, moved back here in a different role before I was associate, did youth ministry, did some fill-in worship, but um, youth was really kind of my emphasis. And then Coming back, being in lead ministry, you know, we're, we're been here for four years. We'll be five here in September. So um, my math is bad. 13, 13, almost 13 and a half years. But it's been awesome. Um, this church kind of raised us. I was 23 years old when we first moved here and didn't know a lot about ministry. The people treated us with compassion, with generosity, and um, helped us raise our four boys. So um, it's it's awesome to be in this town. I love Poplar Bluff. I love the community. I love the people that um, live here and our church. They're amazing folks. I think I think we can agree we love Poplar Bluff and, oh, yeah. and the community that's here as well. Um, so we start off every podcast uh, post-introduction and stuff like that with just a little icebreaker. And Mason and I have already done this one Uh before on a different episode. This is our first episode. First episode. But we want to hear yours. So... The, the icebreaker is this. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Moments where you're like, I don't even know what to do. Yeah, the kind of feeling where you're like, they did not teach me this in seminary. Correct. Oh, man. I've got so many. The one that comes to my mind, and it's, oh gosh, it's probably been 10, 12 years ago. We take our students in, in the summer to Camp Sharon. It's a camp at Lake of the Ozarks. It's kind of our Church of God Anderson, Indiana um, campgrounds and was taking our junior hires there. They had an awesome week was there with them and we're driving back and it's about a four and a half, you know, five hour drive, depending on, uh, stops and, and all that. But we stop halfway every time in mountain Grove, you guys know the, the place it's yeah. got a Walmart, it's got a Murphy's express and we just always use the bathroom and get, get fuel. And so we're, we're there in this 15 passenger van. We've got a pull behind trailer and, we're stopping. All the kids are getting out to use the bathroom. Uh, leaders that had kind of tracked with us behind in their own vehicles, and I hear a kid in the back. And it was it was one that I you know was was relatively new to a relationship with. He just kind of started attending the youth group just in recent past, and loved camp, met a lot of friends, and had a good experience. But he says, uh, "Can you can you uh, talk to me? Come back here." And I'm in the front seat and I'm, I just thought it was like weird. Like, you want me to climb over the seats and come and talk to you? Like, let's just, I said, well, let's just get out of the van and talk. And he goes, no, I need you to, I need to talk to you. And I was like, oh no, what is, what's going on? So I walk around the back of the van and you got the, the double doors, you know, open those up and he's in the back and he like leans over the seat and I'm like, what are you doing? You know? And he goes, I pooped my pants. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, yes. And I was like, oh, no, what happened? And he said, I thought I had to, you know, let some gas go. And I guess that wasn't it. And he, like, he really did it. So <laughs> I'm just like, man, what do we do? All the students are like the ones that are still lingering in the van. They're like, uh, what's going on? Why is Pastor Ben talking to him? And And I'm trying to think, you know, like, what do I do here? I don't know. Uh, we got to get your clothes or some clothes and they're in the trailer. Wouldn't you know it like buried underneath suitcases. So we open it up. We're pulling out 
suitcases, trying to figure out which one is his, kind of holding it up so he can see, um, trying not to embarrass this kid. And we finally found his suitcase, get closed, and he's like, you need to drive me over to, there was a fast food place just across the way. It's like a um, KFC Taco Bell combo type thing. And he said, drive me over there. And I'm like, okay, um, we got to do this where this kid isn't like totally humiliated. So we drive over and get over there, and I'm trying to figure out how he's going to get out. And he's not going to get out like the normal way you do in a 15-passenger van where you like slide out the side. And, and I mean, it's, it's like disaster, like chocolate pudding, guys, okay? Oh, oh my goodness. So he's going to slide over the back seat, you know, uh, how you can kind of do, and it's <laughs> weird. And at that point, I was like, oh, man, he really, like he went hard with it, mm-hmm. you know? So he slides out, and he's trying to shimmy into this – restaurant without them knowing I've got his new clothes tucked under my arm, kind of like a football, like trying to hide them. And I walk in with him and, uh, trying to fake order something at the front. So the other kids don't know, you know, what's going on. I guess Ben's hungry or something. So, (laughs) Hey, good for you. Oh, for sure. I trying to trying to do the ministry, yeah. you know, that they don't teach you at school. Oh, They're not yeah. going to talk about this. And they'll tell you how to fold the, you know, the shirt and like tuck it under your, you know, other clothes and stuff like that. Hide it. No doubt. So get the guy the new clothes. He changes, and then he comes out with these new clothes. He's changed. I. It took a while for him to clean up, and his old clothes are not there. Like I guess he just threw them away in the trash there in the bathroom. But. um I remember in that moment, I've got many, many stories that I could tell you, but that I I wasn't sure what to do in the moment because I'm like, just walk across the road, dude. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't, you don't understand. So I think what I love about that story the most is the fact that like how he got out of the van was let me go in a way, climb over the seat where my butt is going to be exposed in the air. (laughs) I know. I know. It was like a lose, lose situation. He was in the worst part of the van for something like that to happen. Um, And, I felt terrible for him. And he, yeah. he, you know, didn't have a lot of friends in the youth ministry because he was relatively new and had an awesome week. So I didn't want this to be like the thing that held him back. Mm. Right. Did he ever come back? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. He That's did. Good. <laughs> and the other students really didn't pick up on it exactly. So um, that was good. So job well done, Ben. Yeah, job well done. Job well done. <laughs> I yeah. Guess. Round of applause. Cue the, cue the audio tape of that. <laughs> uh but along the same lines, but kind of different. Uh, Want to just shout this one out? And a, a moment in time when you said, "I did not mean to say that," mm-hmm. and this kind of was sparked because Ben sent me that video, a video of a pastor who started his prayer, and instead of said, instead of saying, "Our Heavenly Father," he says, "Our Heavenly Farts," and I lo- I lost it. I don't. Potty humor, like that specifically, was just hilarious. Yeah, potty to me. humor never gets old. <laughs> and so uh, I said, why not? What the hey? Let's do it. Uh, and so, <laughs> Mason, go ahead and uh, give us one that, that oh. you were like, I totally did not mean to say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so my wife brings up this one from time to time. Um, I was preaching over or through the book of um, uh, John. And we get to John chapter six and in that story, you know, Jesus feeds a whole bunch of people. And then, um, afterwards the crowd comes up to him and is saying, Hey, we want more food. And Jesus is kind of like saying, Hey, you, you wanted what I could give you. You didn't want me. And, um, he's like, you wanted to, to eat this. And in the story, you know, Jesus says, but you have to eat my, my flesh and my blood. If you want to be part of what I'm doing, that sort of deal. Well, when I'm talking about this, you know, I, I remember saying, yeah, you know, Jesus saying, you guys wanted to, to eat this over here, but I just want you to eat me. And, and, and yeah. I had a slight pause, I think, in the uh, the message, and I quickly kept going because I'm like, hopefully no one realized I just said that Jesus was going around saying, eat me, people. Um, because in today's language, that has a different message. For sure. Uh, than, you know, than I think what Jesus was going for. Uh, so my wife, for weeks after that, kept bringing that up over and over of like, yeah, our pastor, he, you know, he says that Jesus says, you know, this. And it was so. Anytime yeah. you do communion at church, you're like, do not make eye contact. Yeah, with, I'm always nervous Jody. now when oh, yeah. at communion. Every time I'm talking about like <laughs> this is the the blood of Christ and and the the body of Christ and this is what you know Jesus said and stuff like that. Like I'm always nervous now oh, yeah. of like. How do I phrase this where it doesn't make Jesus sound like he's saying, hey, eat me, you know, in today's context. <laughs> <laughs> you know? How about you, Ben? 
Well, I've got uh, I've got two. I, well, not even two. There's one. It's it was less words and it was more of like a, a physical gesture. Have you guys ever done that where you're like, man, I didn't mean to do it. for a while there. I was doing the spider web oh, yeah. shooting. Oh, yeah. you know, our, our yes. folks at the church that pay attention they notice when I would like be at the pulpit. Me, and I was speci- point. me specifically. I had my two <laughs> the, the two fingers in the middle. If you press them down into your palm. You got like yeah. the Spider Man, Spider Man, and I would like kind of. It's almost like I was shooting troop at people. <laughs> yes. You know, I would just love to picture your your congregation whenever they see you do that, like just raise their hands or something like that. I like, I'm over don't here juking, shoot, juking, juking you know? it. <laughs> I know, Cam, Cam, Cam would be juking it, but I did. I I had that where I remember at one point, like in the middle of it, I was like, "What are you doing, Ben?" <laughs> And then the other one was, and I I can't remember the context. I don't remember anything, but uh, we got two students who are uh, studying for ministry now, and they always remind me of it. But I, some point I was talking about Jesus saying, look and live, you know, and I did like a weird ice skating bow thing when I said, look and live. And they were, they still just ride me hard <laughs> about it. Um, so I've got gestures, I've got phrases, but um, one in particular that was hilarious um, a senior pastor that I served with here before, who is an awesome, awesome guy, faithful guy, really a good preacher, um, wonderful pastor. But he was inviting one of the elders up to speak on something. You know, uh, Brother John Tibbs, John, would you, you know, invitation, come up on stage. And he's going to invite him to come to the mic. But he gets his words confused and he says, Mike, would you come to the John? <laughs> and, you know, everybody like just lost control. They thought it was hilarious. He didn't know. Have you, ever, you know, when you say those things, you don't always catch them. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? It's like, why are you laughing at me? Why well, is everybody laughing? I didn't he, say a joke. You know? Oh, yeah. The other one was I was doing an announcement. Personally, for me, I was doing an announcement in recent years about our soup and chili cook-off, which is a big deal at First Church of God. And I said, choop and silly. And yep. was like, ah, yep. you know, yep. So Happens. for sure, for sure. What about you, Cameron? Well, most of mine is, um, you know, you'll read scripture and the specific one was while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But the two words before that says, but God, and I'm read, I'm reading prior to that. I'm trying to read context of that passage. Oh, yeah. And I said, we we're reading through. And I said, and then the biggest, but in the entire Bible and the, you know, oh, yeah. of course, I'm talking about the but God yeah, sure. said while one we, you know, yeah. one a single single T, uh, and then it just led to hey, I'm gonna start a series called the Big Butts of the Bible. The Big Butts of the Bible, That's, and so that'd be a fun series. Keep yeah, an eye out so. for that because it's gonna be great. It's coming. But I mean, throughout ministry in general, it's there's always unexpected things, and that's kind of where our podcast was going to go yeah, today. Yeah, that's the theme and topic of today's conversation. And we're in a preparation series. That's kind of the series that we're in. And so today, literally, uh, and I'll just say it now, we're going to try to avoid talking about COVID and really just look at the unexpected because guess what? It happens. Yeah. And so um, the truth, that we want to start off just saying the truth about the unexpected is that it does happen. Um. It's kind of funny, you know, we'll kind of talk into this. The unexpected happens, but yet we should never unexpect for it to happen. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I get what you're saying. It's it's a circle (laughs) that you're trying to go around in. And I, that's in a lot of us have lately have found ourselves in a place of what do we do? Yeah. And that's a big question. I think my dad always uh, said this quote, and I know it's some uh, military quote, and I I can't remember where it comes from, but he'd always say, you know, like, um, the the best laid plans never survived contact with the enemy kind of deal of like, you know, we we can make all these plans, and it's good to make plans, but then things always fall apart, Mm -hmm. or some monkey wrench comes flying and changes things. And uh, sometimes it's it's an element of spiritual warfare and distraction, and other times it's a maybe a beautiful moment where God is stepping in and, and changing things in a lot of different ways. Oh yeah. So. Mike Tyson was famous for saying, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. <laughs> I like that one. That's <laughs> real good. I like that. I know one of an instance, like an experience of when I faced an unexpected, I was, there's two different ones. I was a part of it and then it happened to me. Hmm. And one of them was, I have a, I have a buddy in Arizona who leads at a, at a church out in Arizona. His name's Ryan Hunt. And we were at, a state youth convention in Kentucky and he, his band evergreen was leading worship and we're, we're 
they're playing, we're singing songs, we're worshiping the Lord through song, and then just all the power goes out. And then the only light that is in that room are the emergency lights that are flooding the hotel mm-hmm. convention center. And we're all standing there, and Ryan has not stopped yet. He just keeps going? He just keeps going. Wow. And I'm sitting there, you're like, oh, no, what what's happening? And you realize, oh, it doesn't matter. Ryan's still in his element. You know, the band might not be able to play, but he's got his acoustic guitar. He steps off the stage, front of the stage, and just keeps going. Hmm. And he's and we're worshiping. It was like for a split second we were all like, oh, "What just happened?" And then we realized nothing's different. God is still being praised, mm-hmm. and we just kept going along with that. And I've shared this story. Uh, I don't know if I get I tell stories a lot, and then I forget if I've ever said it. So if I've said this on this podcast, even within our three first first three episodes, it's my bad. But uh, talking about a power outage when I was in Tennessee, have we? T- I don't know if we've talked about that on this podcast or not. Uh, I know we've talked. Yeah, about we've it. talked about it. So that's why it's throwing me for a loop here. I'm like, but I'm still going to mention it again because yeah, it was ahead. very unexpected. Because we're it, it's July, it's July, and we're doing a camp in the middle of Tennessee. It's hot. Okay, literally the night before, I killed like a tarantula in our in our cabin <laughs> that was like the size of a softball. It scared the it scared me to death. Yeah. Okay, and so the next day we're getting ready for for service, and then it just starts downpouring. And the, it's blowing sideways. We're running up to the chapel because we have instruments and sound equipment. And it's an outdoor tabernacle. It's not an indoor thing. So we're pushing everything to the middle so that the rain can't get on it. And we just grab our essentials. Luckily, I kept my guitar and stuff in my in my cabin. But, you know, you get your, you get your guitar. We got the djembe. And, the, and that was pretty much all we could take. That's all you really wanted to travel. And then we took it over to this this welcome area where it was a mobile home that they had just converted into like an office complex. Mm-hmm. And so us and over a, like 150 something, if not more kids were sitting in this mobile home. They're on the floor. We're all soaking wet. I'm leading my friend and both of us have our acoustic guitars. We're playing and, uh, all of this happens. The, the guy that's speaking came and he spoke and powerful message about the greatness and the joy of God. And we're, we're doing the response and we're playing. How great is our God? I'm like, Hey, that's that's awesome. This gonna be it's gonna be good. It, it, it went really well with this message, and we're playing all of this, you know, name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. So we're singing the bridge, and my heart will sing. How great is our God! And we get back to the chorus, and the power comes on. And I'm telling you, if I didn't have goosebumps the size of molehills, it was it was just a moment where you're like, something unexpected happened. Mm-hmm. Should never shock me because God is still good, and man, just the lives that were changed that week, and and it's one of those things. Like I'll meet up with my friend Andrew. He lives in OKC. I was just there last weekend and saw him. You know, we'll talk about those moments. Yeah. You know where it's like unexpected, but you know we should be expecting God yeah. to show up. That's certainly very true. Um, and I would love to uh, let's circle back to that. Those kind of conversations of like, when did God show up? And you're like, I should have expected this, but in a sense it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that'd be great for, uh, in the service or in the, the session like that. But what about just in general, like those moments where you're like, it wasn't so much a God thing happened, but it was more of a, this changed the course of maybe the next 20 minutes or, uh, the next hour, the next day, the next, you know, length of time this unexpected thing that came out and you're like now i have to deal with this before i can deal with anything else like uh ben do you have maybe um an example or um that you'd like to share yeah for sure um i've had you know example stories from other people who shared theirs and then for me a lot of my ministry has been student ministry yeah i'm just in the last four and a half years i've been in kind of a lead pastor lead ministry role but um we took our students we've had two different uh, getaways or retreats we did one was to big spring and both had a similar like effect but wapapello we we decided you know one year to rent cabins up at lake wapapello and didn't check out the cabins you know fully we had called on them and they had availability on the dates we we wanted and so we we packed up our students made provision to have food and um talking to some of my adult leaders, uh, one was going to take them on like a nature walk, um, that would have 
things along the way that would be like teachable moments, um, something that would create a, an experience that would be just undeniable. Um, in your mind, you envision all these things that yeah. will happen. Uh, a prayer time each night where they can they can go and, and get away by themselves. We'd have a, a time to swim, um, all kinds of things. We do devo- devotions at night around campfire. Well, we get out there, and the mosquitoes are absolutely insane. I mean, like, I was afraid they'd carry off a kid. Mm. Uh, they cast their own shadow. <laughs> Those are not mosquitoes, they're birds. <laughs> yeah, like, we live where our church is. There is a time of the year when me and Pastor Cameron are like, it's probably funny to watch. We take off running outside the building to our cars. <laughs> Because they swarm and you'll get lit up just on your way to the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was worse than this. And I, I had you know a number of years in ministry, but you wait all year in, in service of having Wednesday night gatherings and talking about these things that are that are that are coming where it's gonna be special, get away, no technology, um, just us and in Christ and and allow him to do something. And so we get out there and none of the plans we had you know, put together, we're going to be possible. Like the prayer, I'm afraid they would like lose blood, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they would pass out. Um, mm-hmm. So we can't do any of that. I was bummed and we're there and we're doing our devotions inside. Um, the, the female adult leaders are with the girls and the guys with the guys. We intended to have all the group together. When it was all said and done, we had a really powerful moment at the very last night where we all gathered and the rain, it had dropped in temperature, which was really weird during that time. Uh, the rain came and it settled what you'd think it would make mosquitoes more prevalent. It's like they dissipated. So we went outside and after dinner and we gathered up in a circle, um, there wasn't any you know, focus prayer other than just holding hands and if anybody would want to pray, let's, let's do this. It really was spirit led because we didn't have any, any plans to it. And our students just began to open up ones who now are adults. I was talking to one recently asking her what her best memories of our youth ministry were, um, in the years that she was with us. And that was the, one of the ones that she mentioned that was most memorable. And I'm so glad she feels that way because Mm -hmm. for me, I look back on it and I'd be like, man, that was a, like a huge fail. Yeah. You know, you can have food and you can have the things inside, but if you can't do the stuff that you plan to have one-to-one meaningful conversations that may not happen on a Wednesday night or even after Wednesday or in our small groups or whatever context, you're, you, if you're going to Six Flags, you know, they're going to go to have fun. It's not going to be a situation where they're necessarily going to open up about struggles and, and stuff. So it was awesome. God showed up absolutely unexpectedly, and that was the plan all along, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad I learned that early because that's been, you know, when Pastor Cameron and I, and and I know you and Pastor Dave as well, when we plan an event, we're becoming more attuned to what the Spirit wants to do just because he alters our plans. Yeah. um, That's not a bad thing at all. Oh, yeah. It's it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And it's funny sometimes even like you brought up the perspectives of your perspective and her perspective on looking back on some things. You know, like I, I found that just true in some of the ministry projects I've worked with or even just in sermons where you're like, you know, hey, that was that was an awesome sermon, you know, I just gave. And then you find no one thought the same thing. They're like, yeah, whatever. And then you'll you'll give like messages or something like that. And you're like, this was awful. Surely this is the worst message. I'm gonna get a call later and they're gonna fire me. And you find that's the one that people will call you back later on the week and you're like, Hey, I was really moved by this or um, you see those are the ones that they're they're liking and sharing on social media and telling other people about, and you're like, I have, it's just one of these moments where you're just like, even that's an element of unexpected where you're like, okay, um, clearly I am not in control here. And I think that's one of the most important values of when we're talking about the unexpected of just coming to that realization of, you know, we're not always as in control as what we think we are. Um, and that's probably just a good thing to just come to that realization. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the lack of control, you know, you had mentioned a story uh, a while ago about <laughs> sometimes we wish uh, we can control who enters and who exits our building. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, you <laughs> which, talked about it. Which just sounds really bad unless you know the absolutely context. Absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible co- out of context. But, you know, you get to a place where, uh, you know what, just, just share your story, Mason, about, uh, and it's not to belittle anyone, but just like, realize there's there's something that we have to understand it's going to happen yeah 
And then we just had to put our trust in God that, yeah. that it's going to work out. So um, I'm starting to learn something notorious about like Sunday morning preaching and stuff like that, that all the time, you know, these little, I think they're like spiritual warfare. And sometimes these little interruptions will come up trying to throw off your, your thought process, your flow as you're like mentally and praying, trying to get ready for, Hey, I'm about to deliver God's word. Something would come up and, and try to pull your focus away. Um, you know, and it could be sometimes an argument or something like that, that you're suddenly thrown in the middle of, and that can completely change the direction of that morning or of your own spirit going forward into the, the service. Um, uh, but we had a couple of weeks ago, this incident where, um, this lady came into our church now to understand, um, our church, we meet in a hotel. So it's very interesting preaching and you're knowing not everyone in the building is here for church which has just always been a strange concept uh, for me because I'm used to, hey, whatever church I was attending had its own building and everyone who showed up in the building on a Sunday morning was there for church. Right. So now we have this uh, experience where I'm like, everyone in the building uh, is not all here for for this church. So sometimes we'll get instances where uh, we just have random people who are just hanging out in the lobby and all of a sudden you can tell that they're a little bit startled when the lobby fills up with all these other people and Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I was just here eating breakfast. And now I've got this crowd of people surrounding me and right. they're all talking to me thinking I'm a guest to apparently church. Um, so we've had plenty of moments like that. But there was this one instance where happened a number of weeks ago. This lady came into the church um, and you know she met with one, other, one of our guest services lady who uh, immediately brought the lady over to me uh, before the, the crowd started pouring in. And, um, you know, I'm talking with this lady and she was kind of uh, a little bit delirious i want to say um given a lot of random ramblings uh she said that angels had appeared at our door and told her to come talk to us but she was very adamant she's like um i i don't like churches i don't like pastors i think they're all evil people um but then she kept saying but you know quote unquote the spirits kept telling me to come and talk to you and it was kind of clear the more she's talking the more i'm like you almost sound like maybe you know, you're on something right now or, or something like that. But she kept saying, she's like, God has given me a, a message to deliver to you. Um, so I pulled her off the side and I was like, okay, so just, just talk to me, you know, tell me your story. I want to hear it. Um, and it was a crazy story. You know, she was saying like, she's been murdered uh, before, or attempted murder on her life. Uh, that someone's even had a gun up to her head and, and pulled the trigger. And, um, and she's like, I've been kidnapped. I've been trafficked. Um, uh, I was um, experimented on by the military, you know, just crazy story that she's telling, um, you know, and I'm just sitting here listening to all that. And I'm sitting here thinking I've got to keep her talking to me because I'm really worried if she goes and talks to like a, a young family or someone with a little kid and stuff like that. Um, and so in my mind, I was like in the shepherding mode of like, I need to be shepherding and protecting my flock right now yeah. uh because this is this lady is kind of kind of scary and all uh, but she keeps going on and on um you know and i brought up uh, you know she's like okay you you ask me any question you want i was like okay so where are you at with jesus she just kind of shrugged she's like yeah i guess he's all right and then proceeded to go on talking about the the spirits that sent her um and at that moment i realized yeah this is not a a real thing if you know you're just like yeah jesus he's yeah he's all right i guess um you know because he's kind of a big deal um right so, uh, and I thought that was the end of it. Um, you know, after I, I talked with her until pretty much the, you know, the elders are coming in and are like, Hey, uh, we need you up on stage right now to preach. Um, you know, I kept her attention for that amount of time. Didn't think anything. About it. I thought, okay, I'll never see her again. She was even adamant. You'll never see me again. Um, and she never told me what it was that God told her to tell me. She was just speaking very delirious. Um, didn't think anything of it. I thought, okay, I'll never see her again. Okay. Well, about three weeks later, she shows up again. Um, but instead of showing up right when service was starting, she shows up at 7.30 in the morning when we're setting up the room and things like that. And She said, you know, once again, she woke up and uh, there was an angel at her, uh, you know, bedpost saying, hey, you need to go uh, to back to the Bluff Church and talk to that guy. Um, and she kept saying, she's like, God has sent me to to encourage you and he wants me to be your spiritual director um because he's gonna he's gonna do something great and um i, I don't want to be a part of your church and i don't want anything out of it. i just want to be your spiritual director um your your connection to god um 
it was just delirious. Um, she's like, I, I have this bet with God that you're going to say no. And that's why I came at 730 in the morning thinking you weren't going to be here. And uh, It turns out you are here. Um, and then she's like, but if, if we're going to do this, uh, I need you to come back to my house by yourself. Here's my location. Um, you come back to, to my house and uh, that will let me know that you're on board with uh, me telling you uh, of what's going on. She wouldn't tell me the details, but she kept making it sound like basically this uh, apocalypse was coming yeah, um, right. in the next yeah. like six months or so. Uh, so it was, it was very strange. And obviously, I told my wife and the fellow pastor and uh, the elders, and all of them were like immediately like, "Yeah, you're definitely not going to this woman's house by yourself or back there." Um, like I said, it was just um, a lot of it was delirious and, and that sort of deal. But it's one of those. Um, that was a unexpected interruption um, where, okay, now we're having to pivot a little bit, um, change things up. That changed the flow of the morning both occasions. Uh, you know, it changed me mentally before preaching. And so, um, you know, things like that I wrestle with. And we face these things all the time, not just in, you know, in sermons, but we all face the, the unexpected elements of, hey, we had this plan for our day, this checklist. And you get in the office or you wake up and or whatever, and all of a sudden everything hits the fan, your plans are thrown out the window, you're you're dealing with this unexpected thing that has suddenly been thrown on your plate. Um and you know, sometimes it's like, okay, that's an important. Other times you're like, you made this unexpected thing too important. Um, that should have been something maybe you pass off to someone else or you're like, Okay, whatever, and brush past it. Um so Ben, in all your experience, I would love to just hear some of your, your insights on maybe like how do you go about preparing for the unexpected, which I know is a weird concept, you know, like how do we prepare for the unexpected? But I think it's something that we can just apply to any conversation in life, not just ministry of, hey, here's some things that are very helpful knowing that the unexpected is going to come one day. How do you plan for it in advance? Yeah, I think communication is huge. If you have a team, well, individuals, whether you are a small business owner, I know there are folks who will be tuning in and listening that um, aren't necessarily in full-time ministry, but they're part of some kind of team. You have to be able to communicate and keep your head on a swivel, so to speak, because things come at you, whether you manage Home Depot or work there, whether you're in, in a church full-time or whether you travel and you have weather issues or you can't you know, get home on a, on a plane because a flight has been canceled or you had a, a business deal fall through. Um, those things are hard and we, we hope for the best, but you kind of plan for the worst. And so mm. you almost have to over communicate. Um, the best way I could, I guess, describe it because we're talking about scenarios where we don't realize it's a problem until it's too late. We, mm. we often, we don't realize we need a plan until <laughs> already we're caught off guard mm -hmm. and we're like, man, wow. For example, I'm talking about communicating. Um, we had a, a gentleman who had showed up on a Sunday morning, just like you were talking about. And I can confirm that when you are ready to deliver the word, um, and it's not just on a, on a every Sunday morning thing, it will come at the most unexpected time. Oftentimes when you've already had, had a busy weekend or something has taken place that is already combating for your attention. Um, we had a guy show up and our folks who were greeting, I had never talked to them about, you know, what happens if somebody comes in and they're forceful. They had brought this gentleman back to my office and kind of let him right in and shut the door. They're like, hey, he's here to see you. And it was probably 15, 20 minutes before our service starts. And it's, you know, a pressing time where you're praying and you are um, asking God to give you the, the confidence that, that we would become less, he'd become more. And the guy is making outrageous demands. He wants money. Um, he wants a ride to Corning. And... It says, I'm not leaving until I get it. I'm not getting out of your office until I have it. And this is a huge individual, mm. a big guy. And Pastor Cameron is a large guy. Like if I had somebody who was, you know, in the building, like threatening and they were a big person, you know, strong in stature and tall, I'd probably go, hey, Pastor Cameron, come here and uh, uh, help this person out. In yeah. that scenario, he's busy. He's got a lot going on. Last thing I need to do is to, to put that off on him. And so I'm there and we have an awesome administrative assistant. Our secretary has been at the church for like 30 plus years. Um, her email is attack secretary at Gmail. <laughs> Don't like, send her emails. <laughs> yeah. They're lucky if they catch me or cam, 
you know, rather than her. And she comes in and she is going to try to straighten them out and take care of all that. But I remember we had a staff meeting the next, you know, uh, two days. We have it on Tuesdays. And we were talking about, like, how do we communicate with our greeters and even our other leaders who try to accommodate and make sure somebody has a really good experience? Don't bring them into the office. You know, find out, find out what they need. Find out if we even have the ability to help them at all first. If we don't, um, or if they're not willing to maybe wait until after the service and then we can accommodate, then mm-hmm. it's one thing. So in, in preparation, it is always about communication. It's about saying the thing that you're like, I wonder if I should say something about that to mm-hmm. our, our team just in case. The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you've thought about it, you should probably already have said it. I, I like the, uh, you know, you brought up the Sunday morning thing as well. And just on a completely side note, you know, it's three pastors and stuff like that. Like I'm coming to notice that probably the least approachable time for us in the entire week is Sunday morning or maybe not approachable, but you're like, Hey, if someone needs a talk or something like that, or like, Hey, I need this issue or Hey, I, you know, I need help with this resource or my, it's like Sunday morning is not always the best time to bring that up. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like we're so, Hey, we're in the zone We're you know, game mind. We're like, Hey, I'm about to do this. Um, you know, sometimes the interruptions are, a little bit more difficult to to deal with sometimes on Sunday mornings, which is funny because that's oftentimes people think I'll well, see the pastor on Sunday. I'll just bring this up to him then. Right. You're like, <laughs> or people say things to me on Sunday and I will completely forget about it later on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know most of the time when they come up, uh, there's one who, you know, he'll, he'll come up and just say, Hey, I, I, I need to talk to you about this. And he goes, I thought about swinging by this week, but then I was like, you know, I'll catch him at a better time. So the better time is not the better time is not. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't now. And so us, we kind of get used to it. We can navigate it. And Mm. still, as we become more usable by God, we become more. It's less about our natural abilities and and our ability to think on the fly and more about feeling the the sensitivity towards the spirit. Mm. We can manage that much easier. But early in my ministry, it would have been a super distraction to have that happen in real time right at the moment. Uh, Sunday we had a gentleman come and uh, one of our ushers brought him down to me. Like literally services started mm-hmm. and a guy comes up and says, I need, I need food. I understand you guys do food and I'm trying to explain to him, um, you know, we do food and we've got, we've got like a, a an awesome pantry, but we're actually replenishing it right now mm-hmm. um that's why we're doing bags for the bluff people bring them in so when you walk by you would have seen groceries on the ground and that is going to go towards a box i don't have one right now and he's like well i would i came here with the intention of getting one you know and i said well, i can't I, I just cannot give you one right now so if you would be willing to wait after service or come back yeah. tomorrow we'll get you one. and he came back yesterday you know so we, he came back monday so then the following day and he got one but people don't realize making those demands in, in real time, it is not fair. It's not right. And, uh, pastor Cameron being in worship too, that's, that's another aspect where people often have, you know, preferences and conditions. Somebody will come up to him and be like, it's really hot in the sanctuary as though he can do something about that. Just immediately snap his fingers. And that'd be nice. It's not, (laughs) and it's not 73 degrees, but it's like 71. Don't don't worry, I've got this Bluetooth on. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and and they're not trying to be hurtful, and we aren't either when yeah. we, you know, can can seem, I know I can probably seem dismissive on a Sunday morning, but it, it really is a, about timing. Timing is everything. Yeah. And, so, I, and I think, you know, the over-communication is 100%. It's always better to over-communicate yes. than under-communicate. And, and, you know, we were, we were talking about, you know, what, how we should prepare for the unexpected. And the simple answer is have a plan. But I think it's it's a little bit deeper than that in talking about over over communication is don't just have a plan, but have a plan for the plan. You know, because you know you have all these things like even on a Sunday morning we'll have an order of worship, you know, and people are like, Oh, that's too that's it's not not spontaneous enough. But there has to be a plan. And then you rely upon the spirit of God to move you through that yeah. and things can change. I'll cut be, a song. It'd be very you know? awkward of like you, you played a few songs and you're like, you stopped and you're like, well, Ben, I guess, do you want to come up now and, you know, preach, you know, like right. that, that disrupts. If he's the, praying the with somebody following, following his message response mm-hmm. and I've finished quote unquote, finished the song and where we had practiced it. It's like, yeah, you don't want to stop there. We're not just going to leave it there. We're going to, 
we're going to go and we're just going to let it go. We're going to let the spirit mm-hmm. flow. We're going to be a spontaneous. And so over communicating that, even with your, you know, for me, I can't just turn around to the worship team and say, all right, we're going to loop through this song or let's check out hymn number 594. Or, you know, mm-hmm. we, it's not like that would be abrupt and unnecessary and completely dampen what was happening. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, just, bef- you know, make sure you're clear with your team. Hey, if this happens, just flow with it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, I like the aspect that you brought up, you know, the team aspect uh, right there of like, hey, communicate with your team. Because that kind of like brings into another point of like, it's good to have people that you've kind of trained up in the event mm-hmm. that you're like, hey, this unexpected thing has happened. Who can I quickly delegate this to? Yep. Not to like, yep. hey, this is a problem. Let me throw this problem on someone else. But... It might be one of those, hey, this is an issue that's come up. I know this person over here is better equipped to handle it. Or And not even not even us saying I need to delegate to them. But when somebody comes to the door asking for food, they need to know who they go to, not Ben. They shouldn't I mean, they shouldn't instantly be like, Hey, I'm gonna send it to Ben. You know, they need to know, oh, I need to I need to find a specific individual. And that's that falls on the staff and the leadership saying, Hey, you're like Ben and I, yes, we are 100% behind our bags for the bluff here at Poplar Bluff. But who who has better information about us? Mm. We'll support, but who can you go to? Because it shouldn't be us, especially yeah. on a Sunday morning. Um, we want to be able I mean, I guess that that's always really sounds weird. You know, no way, no matter which way you say it. But there needs to be somebody that can devote more time to it than we can on a Sunday morning because we have a specific calling and our, yeah. our calling is to fulfill the service. And so, yeah, you, you're right. And one of the aspects that I think maybe has already been kind of alluded to is just not freaking out. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to do that in real time. We had a gentleman, it's been a few years ago, but I was preaching and he started to have a seizure oh. in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And I had never had that happen before. And so we just stopped everything and I asked everybody just in your seats, if you would just extend a hand out and we, we prayed for him and asked if the ushers would, you know, get the, the wheelchair, they got the wheelchair out and, and were able to escort him out and you carry on. But that wasn't something I've ever even thought about happening, mm-hmm. but it totally could happen. Mm-hmm. And it could happen this Sunday. Um, we've had a, a gentleman that came in and was, he, he sat down and we'll call him a hard rocker. Okay. He, he was sitting in the service and he was rocking forwards and backwards, like really aggressively and almost had his arms crossed at his chest. Like he was like hugging mm-hmm. himself and was shaking his head, you know, no. And it was, it was distracting and it was concerning for our people. And you, you preach through it as somebody who's in proclamation ministry and hope that if somebody in that moment doesn't go down and kind of inquire, can we help you with anything? Are you okay? That after it's over, you'd have enough um, ability to navigate that, to be able to wander over and, and ask them, Hey, is, is everything okay? You look like you're in distress, but that can be a scary moment and it's unexpected and it has happened. We've had many, many situations similar to that, but everyone is uniquely different where our people weren't, weren't exactly sure how to respond, not because everybody worships differently, but mm-hmm. because it was a visible sign of distress and um, looked uh, ominous, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. That's the best way I could describe it. And I think it's really, don't freaking out, is just something I have to continually tell myself because I can be in the tendency of hope. My, my plan is blown up. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stand here until somebody else coordinates it. And uh, that's why it's also great to surround yourself with people who are have the same mission and same mindset mm, yeah. as you. Because, you know, don't just delegate it to somebody just so you don't have to take care of it. Delegate it with somebody that has a passion for for that ministry as well as understands the vision and the value of your church mm. and and where we're going with this because that person could have easily said oh yeah here's a i mean it, it was it could have been a simple saying oh yeah here's two bags you know m- merry christmas you know and send them on their way you know it could have been a simple thing and then instead it was just another thing where he had to say uh i can't help you now yeah when we could have, they could, you know, and so it's just making sure we're clear. Hey, if it's something that you see that you can just get, take care of, 
bless them. Yeah. You know, and, and having those plans in place. Yeah, a lot of this is about building a, a culture where, you know, you can believe in your people because, and they know that you believe in them because you've invested in that right. belief. Like, hey, I've, you've built up a culture of not, hey, this is not on you. This is a team aspect. This is like, hey, we're all in this together. Right. It really helps when you're like to keep you from those freak out moments where you're like, oh, great, this is all on me. And you're like, no, we're a team. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone else on the team is able to help out here. Or maybe someone else on the team knows what to do here or has the expertise right here in this area. You know, it's all about developing those around you. Like that, that's part of like the plan of like have a plan is have you invested in building up others or have you made a culture where it's all on you, where it's like an mm-hmm. upside down pyramid? Yes. You know? Yes, you're right. I, so, I was in I was in college and we would do chapel uh, twice a week you know and i was i was the neat freak i was the one that made sure it was it was perfect you know i would come in so if we had chapel on friday which was every friday uh thursday i would be there in there as soon as class ended which was usually about one o'clock i would be in there from one o'clock until six o'clock setting up the stage making sure the cables were run making sure everything was perfect making sure when people got there for rehearsal that night they would just we'd, we'd, we'd plug in and go you know, because I didn't want to be there any longer, even though I'd already been there five, five to six hours. Yeah. We get there Sunday morning, or Sunday, <laughs> or I'm in the preacher mindset. Uh, Friday morning for chapel, ten o'clock. You know, I'm there, making sure everything's. I've tuned everybody's guitar, made sure the drumsticks weren't broken. You know, stuff like that. And it it got to a point where it was just so overwhelming, and I realized, and that was kind of my my mentality shift of. There's eight other people here mm. or however many people on their stage. Yeah. <laughs> Look at our stage. We have literally like 25 people on stage every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. It feels like yeah, yeah. sometimes it is uh, delegating. And, and, and I love what you said. Like, so true. We have trust in letting people know that we trust them and that they trust us. You know, it's, it's, that is so beneficial. Mm. Um, it's difficult to do sometimes. Cause sometimes you look at things you're like, I can do this better than anyone else. I know. Right. But like sitting there thinking, I'm also spinning eight other plates. Mm-hmm. This person over here, maybe they can only do it 70% as well as I can. But if that's the only plate they're spinning, eventually, if you give them enough time, that 70% is going to be like 120%. And you invest in them. You know? Yeah. But sometimes that's a yeah. slow journey. And like, and that's another aspect of facing the unexpected of like, you just have to be patient in building that culture um, and building up the team and the people around you, you know. I, I, I mean, heard a quote one time that like a leader is only a leader if they're making future leaders. That's so, absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what what's the 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 imagery in the Bible is is planting seeds. Yeah. You know, it you is. can't just put a seed in the ground and it'd be like <laughs> magically a, a plant, yeah. you know, a flower or yeah. whatever it is you're trying to to grow. You know, there's there's time that needs to go invested in it. Mm-hmm. Instead of using your twenty five percent to be a perfectionist at this, you can give it to somebody that can give seventy percent, and your twenty five can then make them a ninety five. Uh-huh. You know, invest in them rather than trying to take control. And because, because truthfully, uh, you know, as we're talking about this, when plans are in place, the unexpected becomes an expected thing. Like yeah. we'll be prepared for it, we'll be ready to go, and we can remain composed because we're wearing the sandals of peace. Uh-huh. Right. Mm. We're we're wearing the sandals of peace. We're wearing the helmet of sal- of salvation. Uh, it is the helmet of salvation, right? Wait, correct mm. me if I'm wrong. Okay, it is. You know, you're wearing the helmet of salvation that's protecting all those all those thoughts from penetrating and distracting you. You know, you're you're suited up with the armor of God, and then you're like, it's the armor of God that's protect. It's God that's in control. Yeah. You know, and so, uh, man. God is in control and, and it's it's one of those moments, you know, something will come up even with, you know, the hard rocker and um, a couple other instances that we talked about aside from this, you know, all of that stuff happens and then you're just like, what was I worried about? That's, like, yeah, that's one of the beautiful things about the unexpected. They kind of like, you know, they're the unexpected moments where they remind you of something that you should have already expected that God was in control. Right. And that like, here's this God that we worship who controls the uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Um, is, yeah. And 
you know, and sometimes it's kind of surprising. You're like, I, I should not have been surprised that, that God showed up or that God did this thing over here or that God has been working in this direction over here. You know, but it's funny that we do get like that sometimes where we're just like, yeah, I guess I need that reminder that God was still in control. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming back to your um, question about how do you plan for the unexpected? Like, yeah. what do you do? And, and I hope that there are folks who listen in that are, um, though we're all called, we're all ministers of the gospel. If you're, if you're breathing, mm-hmm. the calling stands. But That's good. It, you know, if you, are, if you are in ministry, um, we are technically itinerant. We are transient. We are interim. Like, whether you're in, in your ministry position for 30 years or whether it's three months, there's going to come a day when we're not in that position any longer and we're ministering to people. And if you own a business, you know, you have people in your care. So the question is, if I'm needing to communicate and I need to know what exactly it is, if something were to happen to us, would, you know, the people in, in our congregation, the people doing the mm. work, would they be able to carry on and, and there be no problem? If you are a business owner or a manager and you're not able to come in because of some tragedy or something unexpected, um, are your, are your folks that are going to be taking, can they carry the, the, the load and, and do everything and you not be concerned? Because if the answer is no, then that means there's conversations that need to be had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You don't want to leave a, leave a void. You know, I know whenever we, when I transitioned up, uh, transitioned up here, like I never, it wasn't until I felt released from every role that I was filling in Louisiana you know, it was like youth ministry. Somebody stepped up and did that. Like, you know, there was there was a completion to my release from there to Absolutely. come here. Yeah. Mm. And the hesitancy of leaving is always when you feel like something's uncompleted. Yeah. yeah. And so once that was filled, it was like, I have nothing. There's nothing that's I'm not I'm ready. Yeah. It's like this beautiful reminder of you're like. I'm not as important as I thought I was. Yeah. You know, which is a whole pride issue, but like, you know, I think that's some ways that we respond in, in an unhealthy manner or in a bad manner to the unexpected. You're right. It so comes good. down to the, did you think this was all about you? Or did you think really that this was all on your shoulders and stuff like that? And I mean, I look back, worship leader here, okay. You know, songs that really resonated with me, Chris Tomlin. Not to us. Hmm. I loved that song. I, I still, I still love. But to Not your to name us. be the glory. Psalm one fifteen one. You know, like I can sing those songs, and, and, and that's that's really what I try to say is, don't just sing these songs because they're in front of you. Hmm. Read the if you if you don't if you're not comfortable singing because it's a new song, read the lyrics. Hmm. Most of the time, songs I choose, there is a scripture within that. You know. Not to us, but to your like that is literally scripture is yeah. what it says Psalm one fifteen one, and so it's there. It, it's just a reminder, you know, uh, the un the unexpected to me, no matter what it is, is a reminder I'm not in control. God is. Mm, that's good. And I need to do everything that I can to make sure that the ministry is what God wants it to be. Mm. And I guess that that places a lot upon myself, but that's not what I'm trying to get at here. It's just saying, like, I need to be a good steward of my time. I need to be a good steward of the ministry and, and making sure that I'm raising people to love the Lord and use their abilities and their capabilities and their uh, gifts to glorify God and not try to do it all myself. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I, kind of what you talked about earlier you know, we, it's true. This is not just for pastors. Like I said, we said it, yeah, it's called Preacher Crow Podcast, but this is just leadership in general, especially with the unexpected, because it's not, we're not the only ones that ever have to face it. Unexpected happens when literally your hot water pipe busts at your house. It's one of those, if you don't think the unexpected is going to happen, where were you in 2020? (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) Hundred percent, right. and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of unexpected things that we can go into, and it, we could go for another hour, another two hours, talking about that. But I really think as we as we kind of close today's session and as we move forward into this preparation series, and it's it's really going to 
just show you we need to be prepared. Mm. And I'm not just talking, okay, make sure you got your to-do list done. Make sure that you're you're right with, I mean, we need to make sure we're right with the Lord. And all, there's, there's so many things that be prepared for, you know, just the unexpected is no one's without something happening they didn't expect. Mm. And so, um, you know, I'm excited. Ben, again, we're just thankful that you're here with us. Uh, what great insight that was. And, of course, we can laugh at, at stories and, and, oh, yeah. and the things that happen because God is good. Yeah, is. Right? You know? Yes, it's, it's fun. It's he, fun to, to, to remember. It is. He, I, think, I think of a song. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited. Next, next month we're going to be releasing a podcast. It's, it's very much unexpected. Um, but we're going to be talking about wearing, balancing, and or dealing with multiple hats mm. within ministry or within leadership. You know, <laughs> all the different things that we're going to deal with. Oh, I'm the, I'm the lead pastor and the toilet cleaner, right? <laughs> and uh, you, even used the, you even used the analogy today of uh, spinning plates. Mm. That's such a, you know, you go to any kind of circus and there's always a spinning of the plates. And they're trying to spin 20 plates at one time. So they're running. It's always the clown, right? And I think a clown's a perfect example, you know, is, is making sure that, hey, you can spin plates, but it doesn't have to be 20. And so um, we'll have a special guest with us next month, which I'm excited about. Um, we always want to kind of end with some things that are happening around Poplar Bluff. So if you're listening to this, keep an ear open for this. Every Sunday um, at the Bread Shed, they have a thing called Breaking Bread. Uh, John Barker, great man, literally uh, is just here to help the community. He, uh, They have a meal at 1230 every Sunday. We do that a couple times a year. I'm, I, I'm, I know Bluff Church does it. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of churches that and groups around town that host it every single Sunday. Uh, but you just come eat delicious food. They just built a um, portable shower mm. that connects to the breadshed building, so you can come in and get a hot shower. I, it's crazy because um, I never had to deal with that. I didn't grow up in that uh, in that with that issue of just not having hot water at your house. You may have water, but not hot water. And so being able to come take a hot shower and then just fellowship and eat together, uh, as well as if you're not comfortable getting out of your car, they do package meals and give that as well. Uh, Mason, if you want, you know, Zach's not here to talk about it, but if you want to talk about fresh water, uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, so uh, am I. So go ahead and talk yeah, about it a little so, bit. Yeah, um, so if you guys are in the Poplar Bluff area, you probably have seen on social media that on March 31st, they're doing this thing. It's called Freshwater. It's uh, run by Zach Mack, um, another local pastor here in town who's doing this community-wide uh, worship service. Um, you know, he's invited all the local youth groups because it's on a Wednesday night, March 31st, uh, the Rogers Theater. It'll be kicking off at 630. Uh, if I'm right in saying this, they're, they're trying to do this quarterly. Um, yeah, yeah. from what, what he was talking about, is be every quarter, and so... Uh, and, and I think the band is even comprised up of different worship leaders and musicians awesome. from different That's churches. Awesome. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's just a unity service. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful reminder of like, hey, while on Sunday mornings we might be in our own small little huddles, it's not our church against someone else's church. It's just this beautiful reminder of this is the church. We're, you know, we're the church of Poplar Bluff kind of deal mm-hmm. of we're all here together. We're all, um, you know, as Ben said earlier, ministers of the gospel here. Um you know, it's just this beautiful thing of like, hey, we're all on the same team worshiping Jesus. So it's going to be a really cool. I'm very excited to take our youth to it. And mm-hmm. I know you're very excited as well. Mm-hmm. You've talked about that. It's going to be great. Well, Ben, if you don't mind being our guest, we'd love for you to end, end in prayer if you don't mind. Absolutely. Okay. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to serve you and to be with others who are uh, tracking together, believing that the kingdom of God is at hand. And we see signs of it all over. Um, our world, even when darkness feels like it's prevailing and depravity is um, overtaking our our social segments, Lord, I pray that you would continue to use your church, uh, the brightness of your faithful um, to kind of light the way. Lord, we want to be faithful to you in all the things that we do, and I pray you would bless us, uh, be in our community, be in our city of Poplar Bluff, that we can see you magnified and made famous. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ben, for for joining us um, and sharing with us some of your wisdom. We'll definitely have you on, you know, again, if unless we scared you off and that's the ordeal. Um, no, <laughs> Easy I, to do, yeah. Yeah. No, this has been a great conversation. And we want to thank you guys for listening wherever you're at. Um, wherever you're at and you're listening on this device, um, leave us a, a like or a share or things like that. Even though this is our third episode, we've already been blown away with uh, yeah. some of the feedback that many of you have given us um, and some of the support. Um, just like our social media page, I get on there um, every once in a while and I, I'm seeing it, it's just like blowing up like crazy. So we're, we're getting a lot of positive feedback from you guys and we are so thankful. And we look forward to every time hearing your guys' thoughts and things like that. So feel free to, to send us a message or if you're like, hey, we would love to, to hear you guys talk about this topic. We would love for that. Uh, be tuning in each month. We drop the podcast the last Friday of every single month. And just remember, when you find yourself in the fetal position, We'd love to talk it through. See you guys.